Hello listeners, this is Yakez's Life Advice. We are Yakez, the most adorable married musical duo in the world. I'm Twitter. And I'm Poppy John. We've been through so much this past year, medically, personally, spiritually. And we're coming out on the other side with new perspective and drastic life changes. We're here to share this with you. And we'd like for you to join us on this journey of transformation. All right. Today's theme on Yakez's life advice is time. We have here with us choreographer and energy medicine healer and coach and all-around nice person, Michelle Boulay. All right. Exciting. This is exciting, exciting cosmic stuff uh, we're about to embark on today. the day is Got To Be Love, which served as a centerpiece for our 2017 production Give It To You stage, which we performed at New York Live Arts. It touches upon time and how our lives, goals, and expectations are affected by time speeding up by us, which ties into today's theme of time. How does time alter our daily decisions? How does time influence art and movement? Can we manipulate time to our advantage to facilitate healing, promote happiness, and help achieve personal growth? Or is time, as Einstein postulated, merely an illusion? We'll talk about that. Deep stuff. Extracurricular activities, childcare, daycare, time traveling video games. Or should we use our new savings for, for a keyboard? Or platform shoes, more platform shoes? Should we sacrifice everything, go broke, for artwork? Well, one thing is for sure time for you to settle in and spend some time with us and Michelle as we ponder the wonders of time and space. Alrighty, folks, and now we introduce our very exciting guest for the day. Award-winning dancer, artist, healer, coach, Michelle Boulay. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for coming. We are My so, pleasure. We are so happy, Michelle, that you are here. We need help. <laughs> we need lots of help. You're going to help us. <laughs> we are still on the theme of time here and we have so much exciting topics around time uh to talk about with michelle michelle firstly today how was your day what did you do today i taught this morning at movement research and it's fantastic that we're talking about time because we are really slowing down or spacing out time in class right now Mm -hmm. as an essential way to be able to deeply listen and in that deep listening to be able to integrate to become self-aware self-know and to be in touch with your intuition Mm. during dancing during dancing Mm. is the whole class in improvisatory dancing uh no we 
a lot of it is, but we actually ended up doing a phrase at the end of class today. Mm. So I always like to kind of give people space to experience their their own patterning around movement, around timing, rhythm, coordinations, and then how do we how do we give space or permission for all of that to exist inside a more specific framework of choreography? Mm. So each person each person is there's a slight then a freedom to interpret in their own way with the phrases the or the choreography at the end of class i think i think it's like yes because each person even though the choreography is exactly the same each person is going to have a completely unique pathway in which they arrive at that choreography i think i just said that's the first time i've said that out loud it's like that's why (laughs) we need all that space for that i mean i knew it was already happening but just to be asked it so directly Mm. it's helping me to articulate that Mm. yes well we're gonna bring this up later but as good as time as any since there's two choreographers here to talk about the presence of time in dance how it's manipulated like as an audience member i was saying earlier that um you know, often you'll, you'll see a piece where there's a lot of stillness. Um, and it's almost like then when something happens, like movements resonate more. Because time has slowed down so right. much, you're saying? Mm-hmm. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a relativity. And I know we're going to talk about maybe some facet of relativity later. But it, it's, it's, it's relational. So maybe we're looking at time as relational also. It gets it gets set next to or within or around something else. And then our perception totally shifts. And, you know, it's like sometimes something can be happening so fast, but then it's somehow time expands into something so slow. I would like to try to do that. Mm. Okay, so then this goes to the Einstein theories. When Einstein developed his theory of relativity, uh, he began, he was, they say, uh, he was riding a trolley as he's pulling away from a clock tower, he's observing the clock tower. He imagined if he was moving at the speed of light, how the clock tower would seem like the time would be moving slower, but yet for everyone else, it would be moving at the same time as it normally would be, like if somebody was moving at a normal speed or standing still by the tower. Then he imagined himself standing at a train station with two lightning bolts hitting equal distance on either side of him and a train passing him at the speed of light. But the train would not see the lightning bolts hitting at the same time. The train would see whichever one hit closer to the train first, first, even though they hit at the same time. Because mm-hmm. then, because that goes into the to time as a in the space theory, like it, it it almost exists in its own dimension. That's and that's why it can it, it curves things like gravity to where if something is falling from space it seems to be falling slower then when it gets closer to the ground it seems to be moving faster but but it's technically not so distance and gravity are really what's at play there's no time is that what you're saying right i mean time is a social construct in a way in that you know time is an illusion time is it's really just something we use to measure something mathematically Mm, it doesn't exist well, is that what we're saying? Yes, because <laughs> the past only exists because of our memories. Now, we all age, and change is real, but time itself. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that, but that's a theory. 
But I mean, time is what you think of as time is looking at a clock is something a man invented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this concept of time is the ultimate social so construct. So what I'm going to ask is, Michelle, mm-hmm. when you dance backwards, are you moving at the same time? <laughs> are we moving at the same time? I mean, wh- what you're saying is actually just making me think of qualitative experiences of time and and how we register that maybe choreographically or we, we register that through our bodies. And, you know, the funny thing that happened on my way here, I was like, I'm sure I was going to be late. I even went to Best Buy and I dropped off my plastics recycling. I was like, I'm going to miss that train that, that says it's coming on Google Maps. And then I went down there. I think maybe the train was late. But I showed up at your doorstep two minutes early and I swear I was going to be 10 minutes late. And I remember in my body talk training, a teacher telling me she was studying with this um, Qigong master and he knew how to slow down time. Whoa. So they were like on in a car driving somewhere after their lunch break. And they're like, oh, my God, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. And that sort of quality. I don't know how to do this, but I think I just did it. Mm. <laughs> and he was like, no, we're not. And it just and it's it's all like what you're saying, this thing about it's a social construct. What are what are all the belief systems we hold around time? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. there's so many movies about this, right, that we call science fiction. Mm-hmm. But. Maybe some of these people are actually onto something. And then the, the thing is, is if we choose to believe in that, we're choosing to drastically change our realities. And not very many people want to do that when you get down to it. Mm, or believe it's possible. Or believe it's possible, yeah. Or sometimes there's even a moment where there is an embarrassment about becoming or feeling like you're too close to a deity or something. <laughs> I know I have this sometimes. <laughs> What? No, please explain more. I want to hear more about that. Is it because you're sitting so close to me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to reveal. Now, I often don't like to talk about some of this stuff. because it's too late. Let's go for it. You open up the door. door. Yeah, exactly. Well, in performances sometimes, I would say, the sprites in the ether don't like to be talked about, so we won't talk about them, but they're operating. And the, that, wait, that was wait. a way I would talk about The what? Them. The sprites in the ether. The sprites in the ether? The little, yes, you're, the, the little angels. The, the Soda. <laughs> yeah, no, not cans of Sprite. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm starting now to articulate a little bit more some of these things that I feel and things that happen and find a way to talk about them. Uh it's starting. So I was giving someone advice yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a dear friend who's going through some hard times. I'm going through my own hard times. We have a nice heart to heart. And she was talking about a, a family. Uh, it's a family situation. <clears throat> and I was explaining to her. I was like, you know what? Try this, dear friend. Imagine the best way you want it to turn out. Yes. You have till Friday. The family's going to get together Friday. Imagine the best scenario. Don't imagine anything else. Keep imagining the scenario as you really want it to be. And I was like, I have a feeling it's going to change things. And what and what the example that I gave, this is going to be wild. You're going to hear this for the first time. <laughs> was sometimes I would have a long uh, this was when I taught Pilates on the Upper East Side. So we're in like South, kind of South, Southwest Brooklyn right now. I taught Pilates way on the Upper East Side. It would take me an hour and 20 minutes to get home after like a 12-hour day uh, of 
grind. Talk about time. <laughs> yes. And sometimes I would feel so um, almost like nervous about how long that subway ride would take. Mm. And like I, I would just be sitting in the studio like I'm not ready to leave yet because I just don't want to deal with the commute. But I would just sit there and wait <laughs> yeah. till I felt ready to go. But there was this some and then it would create this like stress. And then I would like, there was all, it was just like this whole like stress thing. And I remember practicing something and I would practice like, it's going to be a good commute. I'm going to put, turn my key in the door of my house. It's going to like be, it's going to be this other thing. And when I would do that, I feel like you would greet me at the door in this totally happy, different way. Like you were different when I would come home. Yeah, well, that makes me like what you're saying in this and to your friend. It's almost like the thing already exists. And then we have this social construct of time to just play it out. Mm. Yeah. And I guess that was my this was the part that I was thinking it's kind of strange to say is that when I would be in this whole because I would witness myself go through this when I would be in my stress mode and then have a stressful commute and I, don't know, I would come home and I feel like you would be a little glum. Like we, it was just like a kind of a glum thing. And when I would be different on my way home, I actually feel like I was met with, with difference mm-hmm. in my partner. Mm-hmm. It's a strange thing to talk about. It's a strange thing to like wrap your head around because it starts to feel like, did I change my partner's behavior by my thoughts on my way home? I changed I my partner. But maybe no. You, what you're almost saying is like you're tapping into a whole different frequency of an outcome that was already exactly. There. It's you're just choosing to create a different reality, and nothing may be different, but you may be seeing your partner differently, mm. and that creates a different reality. Mm. And you're, you're that's a choice. So yeah, I mean it's that, and that's like it's the, there's potential for anything to exist. And then we can acknowledge <laughs> we do have a choice. I'm not, I'm not saying like you can wish, you can wish, um, uh, what do we want here to show up on the table? Like a kitchen sink ice cream sundae? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows what that is. <laughs> you know, but there, but there is a, there, we, we, could fig- we could figure that out if we really wanted to. You know, I mean, I guess there's, it's 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 not making something from nothing. I think we are actually interacting with thinking sub I mean there is there is something there that when you set that intention that intention interacts with this something mm. and creates a different reality. And it's all just belief mm. in some mm. ways. See, I've always gone about would have gone about it the, the opposite way almost. What do you mean? Whenever I think about um, in the past when I had anxieties, um, I would almost think of the worst case scenarios. <laughs> like what's the, like whenever time I was feeling like some anxiety, I would just imagine what's the worst possible thing that could happen. And then you think about it and then you realize, well, what's the chances of that actually happening? And it's very minuscule. And then it kind of dissipates. Mm. Yeah, it's a that's a great tool for resilience that some people like regularly employ. I do it almost every day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I spend a lot of time doing that. Thinking about the worst case scenario. almost. Yeah. To... That's how I spend my commutes. Hmm. To find a resolve in it. Going back to time. Mm-hmm. 
So why is it so much that, you know, when you're having a good time, when you're, you're doing something pleasurable, it seems like time just goes by so quickly. But when you're sitting in a hospital room, it just drags on. Does that not show that it's a social construct or, or illusory? Well, so that's funny that you say this because I would say that a practice that I've employed um, as a real coping mechanism around not feeling well and dealing with massive injury and not being able to move about is actually to relish mm. how slowly time had become mm. and almost to push it further. Like instead of being like, I can't move, I feel so miserable, I can't wait till I can move again. You remember this when I was having a radiation during the month of February. Mm-hmm. I would come home and I would sit and like look at the trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. you and the big cat. picture window in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, in the 10 years I've lived mm. in this apartment, have never stared out of this massive window. Amazing. I enjoyed that freaking window and the trees and the birds. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the first time she really started noticing birds. Yeah. And I watched the sunset every night. Amazing. I was like, I will watch this sunset. Yeah. I would go into the kitchen and I, there was, I couldn't do much other than like washing dishes was the one task I could do. Mm-hmm. And I would like relish this like slow action (laughs) and I could put the dishes away and sometimes I would sit and I would stop in the middle of putting them away and just like listen to sounds. So it just, it sounds like you were just so incredibly present. So your thoughts were only where, right where you were. Yeah, completely. And that was, that felt like a slow, and I felt like I was, part of it was also you know, if you're hit with a diagnosis of some kind, you all of a sudden start to like imagine your mortality hits you. Totally. And so I was like, I will slow these days down mm. <laughs> and go with it. And it felt it felt really incredible. It didn't as soon as it's funny, as soon as I entered the work world a little bit, which mm. I'm at about a half capacity, maybe less than half. Mm-hmm. All of that started to shift again it was interrupted because i was starting to become an active like member of society but when i was here and there was nothing to do other than go and do a treatment and come back and rest yeah. i was in this mode that was unbelievable yeah and i remember it's funny that you say about that about presence michelle because i felt i was like this is exactly i feel like i'm reading my uh my summary about what my work has been like, you being in the moment, improvisation. Totally. Like, and I was like, gosh, the, the, the universe has given me like this way of being like, and you will deal with this now. It's not going to be on the stage, but yes, you will live in the moment very deeply. Well, right I think here. this is an important lesson that anytime you feel like time is slipping away from you and you rich want to slow down and enjoy life a little more that you need to wash some dishes. <laughs> And think, think of all the, think of all the time you could slow down by changing the litter box, nice. cleaning the bathtub, yeah. doing some laundry, <laughs> rubbing your husband's poor feet. <laughs> Slowly and Slowly. relishing. Oh yeah, just free. take your time. Work those toes, up to toes. Gosh, stop it, Michelle's here. <laughs> I mean, they're they're actually. I can't even remember her name. Did you hear about this? No. She wrote it because she's a mom and she who called do less. And she realized being a mother that she couldn't work as much as she had been before. She she worked, I think, like 50 percent of what she had worked the year before. Mm. Totally made the same amount of money, if not more. Mm. 
So it's like, what are all the constructs that we're bringing into the construct around time and what is possible in time and what we have to cram into a certain window of time? You know, like those are all all like those are it's like, I don't know. I'm just saying it's their qualitative belief systems. And it's almost like if this stepping back and I've had teachers say this to me, like, Michelle, just do one thing a day. And I've experienced, it's like I, I still get pulled into the like, oh, I'm going to stick 10 things on my to-do list for <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 15. Then like what, what is like, what is really the most essential thing? And then there's a, there's this practice of trusting things will fall into place. See, I'm going to write a book called Do Even Less. <laughs> it is going to be one page long. Yeah, one page long. Yeah, you read it in no time. Yeah. I mean, like there's the, it's not that we don't have, things won't get done, but it's just, I think there's just a practice of subscribing to something different. Why not? Mm. Because mm. is this current model working? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, something different has to happen. And that thing might feel like it it's not proven. It's, you know, it's like, you know, we can bring up all these different things around it. But then ultimately, is it working? Okay, here's another option. And then we'll be like, no, that's not the option. You know, it's like anytime change wants to happen, it's going to be met with so much resistance from your subconscious mind. Because it has, I've been saying this a lot in the last couple of days, it has kept us alive to be able to sit here together and do this. So it knows, hey, I'm doing a great job. And then when we challenge it in some way, it's just it's just doing its natural guard dog reaction. Mm. So that can happen around our belief systems around time. And I think it's interesting to notice as soon as we get really defensive about standing up for something, what's the little the little thread of doubt that we're defending? Usually when we're defending something, it's because there's a piece of doubt underneath. Mm. Otherwise, there's not really anything to defend. Holy shit. I'm Holy. Write that down. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. This reminds wow. me, a, a little mantra I've had recently is like, no beliefs. Sometimes I feel like we're in such this divisive, <clears throat> this really intense world where we draw hard lines and we fight for these very specific things. And sometimes as a de-stress, I've been saying like, uh, you know, what, what is it to just be in awareness and have, relinquish as many beliefs as possible? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that relates anything to what you just I, said. I don't know, but I think John Lennon owns the copyright on that one. <laughs> but, wait, is that is that in the song, No Beliefs? Well, you know, imagine. Well, imagine. But it doesn't say no beliefs in the song. Nah, just, just <laughs> um, correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, that about that you're crafting your own reality in a way. Do you, how do you, you find the resistances that might come up within you and you can... <laughs> Is there a sense of that you're actively creating a different reality for yourself? Is that what? I mean, I guess I, I, I always like to let it sit in relationship to movement because it's something I've been doing since I was five. And so I can feel when how I'm moving, which is supported by what I'm believing. I can talk, I can open that up a little bit more too, but or how I'm moving slash what I'm believing, what does that make possible? So when I listen to that, I can just see like a researcher, okay, this is making this possible. Yes, 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 the path opens up. Or I can see, oh, this is stopped here. Do I turn? Do I? And then, and then what do I decide? 
So I'm crafting my reactions to everything I'm allowing myself to see and perceive. Basically, say that again. <laughs> You're crafting your reactions. My reactions to everything I'm giving myself permission to see. Mm. So I think, you know, a big thing that we do is is we don't want to see what's there. And that's when we, and, and one of the hardest things to do is see what's there and not run away. Mm. So when I can see what's there, honestly, I'm building, I'm building my reality from a truth rather than what I think it might be or what I want it to be. And I've done that plenty. You know, it's like I did that in, a, in, in my last really significant relationship. I really wanted it to be something. And then when I saw what it was and we both saw that, we could honor that this is we're, we're trying we're, we're trying to create a, a, an imaginary castle. That was hard, <laughs> but so good to both see it together. Yeah. Now, when you both saw it together, did you not like each other a little more at that moment? <laughs> did it, <laughs> that kind of happens? <laughs> oh my no. god, it was so hard. I like I I went to the what's her name the the um, Comte de Garcon show at the Metropolitan Museum. Ooh. Cried my like was crying on the train. Was crying like I'm not saying it's easy, mm. you know, but it was such a huge part of my growth. Man, it sucks. Like this morning I cried before teaching class and I knew to give it the time to exist. Mm. <laughs> mm. You guys just both did a head tilt. <laughs> Minds are blown. Well, okay. So this, okay, this brings me to hearing this about the tears mm -hmm. brings me to this course that you're initiating uh, that actually probably once this airs, the course might be finished. Uh -huh. I imagine. Yeah. The course is called... Go big, step into the life you desire. And would you say this is a, it sounds like there's there's psychological elements, like what you're talking about in a way, but psycho-spiritual, energetic, like. Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, for me, it's, it's all working on this level of consciousness. And what are we believing and how is that, and how is that creating our current reality? And I think the thing that we can tend to turn away from is, is, is actually acknowledging how powerful we are in creating our lives. Mm -hmm. We want to put that on someone else or ask someone else to do it for us. So when we can see what's operating there and the one of the best teachers is when you, when you hit conflict or when you hit injury, it's like, wait a second, this isn't what I wanted. Mm. Okay. So what is this teaching me? Mm. What are there? Wouldn't you say? That's yeah. where we are. Yeah, like what opportunity is this giving me? You know, and I remember when you were talking about, you know, seeing the clouds. I remember years ago being sick because I used to run myself to the ground in this city. It's like it's so easy to do that, mm. especially if you have that type of personality. And I remember getting sick and I and and I was home with my partner and I was like, oh, I'm going to pull out these instruments we have. And I just started like singing, and, you know, like playing on these instruments and laughing and then i was like okay i gotta i'm tired i gotta rest but it just like <laughs> look at what that gave me and like like i had to get sick to even tap into mm. this other track of time track other track of existence mm. so yeah so in the course or in the work that i do you take those moments it's like someone has to be in enough pain to know that something is not working and then be in enough 
have enough trust and courage to know that there is a way, I don't even know if I want to say to solve this, but to be in less pain, Mm. to not suffer. And it may mean nothing changes except that you're not suffering anymore. Mm. Whoa. I mean, come on. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like that was a that felt a that felt a lot like my lesson in the middle of a month of dealing with radiation for a tumor on my spine, mm. actually feeling at times such such happiness and peace <laughs> by looking out a window and finally being grateful for what I had. Yeah. And then there's that moment of like, whoa, I had to this has to happen for me to actually get grateful for what I have grateful for every single family member you know just like contacting them constantly like a lot of things shifted and I think you know it sounds like it's like that typical thing that happens with disease or something oh that oh that happens but it's like wow well well your sense of time shifted so deeply probably Mm -hmm. right and like that's what I'm that's what I'm teaching in class this week at movement research it's just when we can step back from filling this all the spaces in our lives it's just it's just there's it's like there's a little more room for potential there's a little more room literally we're working with cellular breathing a body mind centering concept mm-hmm. there's there's room for each cell to know itself to integrate into the picture of the whole your your whole self and i feel like that that place of space which people can also achieve through meditation is when we integrate when we heal when we have our deepest insights and, and into and experiences of intuition mm-hmm. it doesn't happen and there's a lot of noise mm. and i think we can train ourselves to let it to make it happen more instantly mm. like we don't have to set aside five hours to like go into this you know zone or it's something with training we can tap into quickly oh i love that i mean this is what so i will be taking your class yeah and this the instant there is something about in the my understanding of the the work that I've seen you do through the years and also having taken body talk with you before Mm -hmm. that that there I'm always so curious about in healing and in really radical transformation that there is some instantaneous yes yeah because especially because I feel like with the speed of the city and the anxiety of our current lives, there's always mm. this this signal to me that healing happens with slowing down. And we're we've also we've kind of said that that yeah. Yeah. taking pause, a bit of a clearing creates slow a slower and healing. Mm-hmm. I would say I've been doing craniosacral therapy through a lot of my injury and a lot of this illness, and it is a place for me super slow patient work with someone you know the practitioner just having hand contact with you in an area and it feels like mm-hmm. it's kind of like how someone let's say would hold your hand but it feels like someone could be like holding your spleen or something totally. you know what I mean and they stay there <laughs> for way longer than I would stay with myself yeah or way longer than I would stay into something and to actually feel what happens. Like usually there's like some nausea, there's this, there's that. It, yeah. it, it takes all these different forms and then all of a sudden there's that, and it's, I feel like a word you've used, you've used a couple times now, that integration. 
And I can literally feel it. Like mm. I go from nausea to I want to I wanna flee. Oh, no, I feel okay. Oh, no, I'm breathing slower. Oh, no, I'm more into the table. Oh, I feel a little nausea again. Oh, no. Oh, I've integrated. <laughs> and that kind of happens. Yeah. And, it, and then she moves her hand to a different spot and it happens all over again. There's like an hour of just getting this. I feel like it's maybe a little similar to what you were... And the breath is a huge part of it. So yeah. it feels kind of similar potentially to the aspects of that body-mind centering and stuff. But so this this thing for me is constantly, okay, slow, go slower, be able to be in that stillness, in that space. And then it's so refreshing to have this also a way to work or think about ideas where maybe it also always doesn't have to take that long. There, yeah. are, there are chances, I feel like you in the work that you propose there yeah. is and body talker mm-hmm. like, has yes. that instantaneous shift your body can delete some kind of unnecessary yeah thing from its matrix or something yeah and the metaphor I, I like to use is is you turn the lights on in a dark room and you and and you don't turn it's not like a slow 20 second fade <laughs> you know that we use in the theater it's like oh the lights are on and and that you flip the switch the lights are on you see what's there and you can't unsee that. Mm. So just even that, that, that shift can happen so instantly. And then the tethers of that shift start to work their way out for days, weeks, months. Mm. But it's just you turn the light on to something else is possible. There's a different way operating here. Or, or like look at what I've had in my room the whole time. I didn't realize that. I'm just this, with this metaphor of turning the lights on and this has been in the room. And once you see that, yeah, you can't turn back. And that knowing that it's, 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 it's that knowing is instant. Does mm. that make sense? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now in this instant, we're going to take a break. Literally. This conversation is so interesting and encompassing that we're breaking up into two parts. So check out part two, Yak has his life advice, where we continue discussing time with Michelle Boulay. And I advise you to tune in again to the Yak Kisses Life Advice. Well, the star just brings us to